Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. I mean, the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, actually, one could say he's with me all along. It's Frank. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. quite well. Good. It's nice now, to see you, as it, always. Nice to taste you and hear you and smell you and all the other senses that we may or may not use during the course of this podcast. Please don't use some of those. Um, yeah, that's... Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I look for... Look, I just want to let you know um, that just half of the running time of this episode will be credits. Just want to put that out there up front. Oh, absolutely. Sure, you know. absolutely. The yeah. second half of this episode will say, please stand by, and then there'll just be credits for 20 minutes. I mean, that's I mean, that's fine. I mean, the first half is, you know, I mean, it takes so long to actually get us to talk oh, yeah. in the first place. Our yeah. intro is so long. It's like that in reverse for Beer with Geeks. It's true. Frank, what are you drinking this evening? I am drinking a a Ragged Island Old Boys Vienna style lager. Um, Dude, that sounds delicious. It's great. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty excellent. I actually bought this. Um, I bought this. A week or so ago, and um, this is the last one. But um, it is a yeah, it's a very um, uh, it's it's sort of a toasted um, toasted lager, Vienna style lager. Um, I'm not familiar with Ragged Island. Um, they are they are new to me. They're from Norwood, Massachusetts. But um, this is quite a good uh, Vienna style lager. And the reason I picked it up, Tim, is because um, are you familiar with Rick Steves, the guy from PBS who does the travel shows? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sort of like a you know dad looking guy with with the glasses and everything. Um, he's been mm-hmm. around forever, and he does these um, you know travel. He travels around Europe uh, primarily, and um, during the pandemic, um, you know he he hasn't been able to travel. Obviously, make his travel shows, and and he runs a travel company, and they haven't been able to do their thing. So what he's done during the pandemic, and I only just recently found out about this, is on Mondays he gets on Zoom and does a live, basically a live webinar um on zoom that you can you can sign up and join for free and he just plays clips from like some of his favorite episodes of his shows and like he finds some kind of a theme so in this case it was um european cities that have to do with music so like place the places where like mozart and bach and these people were born and, he, and it was just the clips from all the shows where, where he happened to go to one of those cities so it's like he mixes and matches like oh here's the one from vienna here's the one from salzburg whatever and so i was like well if i'm watching something where we're gonna be in, in vienna i need like a i i, I wanted a beer that that matched that that uh, the locale that we were going to be. Of watching. course. So I picked up this Vienna style lager for exactly that reason, and I've been enjoying it for the last week or so. I love that. I do that sometimes. Actually, I, I'll be like, "Oh, we're having sp- spaghetti and meatball tonight." Oh, then, I'm, <laughs> then you know, 
then I must have, you know, I I must have a Peroni or oh, pairing, right? Like we're yeah, like we're oh, we're enjoying grape leaves and like some kibbe or some lamb. Oh, then I must have a Mythos or something like sure, that. Sure, sure, which sure, is sure. a yeah. very just okay beer that you can get in Greece. <laughs> sure, but it's um, you know, it's like getting love... a Tecate or a Sol or something in Mexico. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, I it's love just okay, having... but it's it's the beer of the place. That's right. I love having I love having the beer of the place. Um yeah. I'm having a I'm having a Hoe Garden, which is something Ooh. that I, I have had a while ago. Hoe Garden was what the first legal beer that I drank abroad. Like nice. not I should say when I was twenty one, I should say. So like when I was eighteen, my first one and I was abroad, my first one was a Guinness in Ireland, which I think I've I've spoken of a few yes. times before. Yes. Which is great. Um, I, and, uh, but a whole garden was a whole garden was, I think my first one abroad Nice. when I was 21, I was in Pelly, which is probably nice. not the place to get a whole garden, but you know what? It was delicious and yeah. continues to be so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a, that's a fun memory to have. Like the first, yeah, the first time that you weren't, you weren't looking over your shoulder and then being like, oh wait, no, it's legal here. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's actually legal everywhere for me it's legal. now. Okay. Yeah, great. Now I'm legal yeah. everywhere. Great. Whew. All right. Yeah, I'm still not looking over my shoulder though. It is it is yeah, fun when yeah. you're that age and you're like, you know, like oh, like like all right, I can do this. It's like driving somewhere for the first time with your license or whatever. Like oh, no one's yeah. gonna tell me to slow down except for me. I'm going too fast. Um, <laughs> oh, so. you know who else was going too fast, Tim? Wanda. Uh, oh, Wanda. <laughs> Wanda Sykes, Wishbone's neighbor. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, no Wanda, Wanda, Maximoff Wanda Maximoff was going. Wanda Maximoff was going a regular speed. Quicksilver was probably going a little too fast. Yeah, no, her brother fast. Pietro. Frank, let's talk Wandavision, shall we? Because you know it's over, and you know, and everyone is sad about it. Most people are sad about it. Yes. Spoilers, by the way, for for Wandavision. There will be hella spoilers for the entire season. Uh, so if you have not watched it. Exactly. Starting now, can you believe that Ralph was Mephisto because R A L P H and Mephisto M E P H obviously they're the same. Exactly. P H. They were you know they checked the levels in the chlorinated pool. P H. Can you believe it? Anyway, um, also all that can you all that, that for a boner joke. Indeed. Can you believe that Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender showed up at the same time? Like, I don't know which one was supposed to be Magneto and which one wasn't, Frank. I, I You know, I guess we'll find out in, in WandaVision 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um, exactly. But until then, and I don't also, know. I can't believe... I don't know. And also that astrophysicist, Frank, I really thought it was going to be Reed Richards. And it turned out it was Reed I Richards. Know. John Krasinski was amazing. He was amazing, even though Reed Richards really isn't just an astrophysicist. And his movie isn't even written yet. That's fine. Mm, that's OK. It's all good. It's yeah. fine. Frank, I had to get all those things. Off my <laughs> chest. Um, Not to gloat or anything. I had to get all those things off my chest because I. <laughs> uh, because none of those things happened, yeah. and I, I'm so happy they didn't. Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy they didn't. No, I, I think I sent you this article. Uh, no, Damon, friend of the show, yes. sent us this article from yes. Collider. Yes, it was a piece of satire. Like, obviously, Iron Man Two is the fa- everyone's favorite Marvel movie because it's it gives you all the setup and all these <laughs> new characters, and it's just the best, and it barely has its own story. Blah oh, blah. Man, yeah. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. What actually happened in WandaVision, yeah, Frank? Yeah. 
Yeah, Wanda and Vision. Wanda and Vision. Wanda's Vision. WandaVision. Television. Great title. I want to give you props right off the bat because we talked before WandaVision started and you had shared a theory. I don't remember if we talked. I think we talked off air. I think it was just the two of us. I don't think this was on the podcast. Uh, though someone will correct me if I'm wrong. And and you had said that, you know, your, your thinking and, and uh, your, your thinking was that it would be Wanda creating this, this, you know, reality of some kind mm-hmm. and that she's like struggling to hold it together and that the sitcom thing was the was the sort of the surface level like the conceit and that um over time we would we would see that that the reason that that we were progressing through the decades as we had seen in the trailers was that it was that world unraveling and she couldn't keep it all together she couldn't keep this fake reality where vision's still alive and everything she couldn't keep it you know consistently together and and that's how things started to unravel and you were pretty on point about that you were yeah, pretty damn on point yeah 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 no gloat yeah. please dude like yeah. take a moment yeah. no i do a victory no. lap because you were right yeah no <sighs> um anyway uh no you right right from the start i pretty much when they announced the show and they were like okay this is the title and it's going to be like a thing through this through the sitcoms and visions there and i was like yeah, all right. Well, okay. So Wanda creates fake reality, and it's grief, and she can't hold it together, and she's creating sitcoms instead of like real life because it's a little easier to hold together because she's trying to create the perfect Americana, but she only knows about that because of television because she was raised in Sokovia, and boom, that's exactly what we that's, watched. That's where they and, went. And but you know what? But I I I only think that I only knew that because I knew that like Wanda in the comics, Wanda in her grief does create a false reality because of Vision's death. She creates fake children and, you know, become end up becoming real children and blah, 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 all the way through. And I was like, oh, so they're doing House of M like without that. But instead of like no more mutants or no more, um, oh, it's a totally alternative reality. It's just it's a much it's a condensed version of that, which is also the MCU's kind of thing, right? They're all about condensing the big story and making it okay for the MCU right. showcase Civil War. I was right? gonna say, see Civil War, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think I might have called it in the invest, like the investors meeting or something like that. It might have been our podcast about that. I actually might have that might have been about it. it on the air. That may have been it. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that tracks. Um. Yeah, but no, I just wanted to give you that shout out right up front because you you totally you totally nailed that one. So, um, as I was watching the show, you know, I was I was I'm used to you being pretty pretty spot on about a lot of your predictions because you're, you're usually pretty good at, those, at these kinds of things. Um, and, but but I was just amazed as it was going along. I was like, but it can't be like exactly what Tim said. Like I'm sure it'll be like a version of that. It'll be like <laughs> close to it, but not not you know exactly because like usually you know if we make a guess. It's not going to be a hundred percent right, but maybe we'll be like, "Oh, see, I was kind of right about that. That's cool." Or you know, when you on Supergirl, you famously called Martian Manhunter like months, months Ep- in episode, advance. You know, it was the pilot episode. His eyes glowed red, and I was like, "That's Martian, That's Martian Manhunter. Manhunter." And and damn, if you weren't right. Um, so so you know, it's it's you were exactly spot on with this one. Um, uh, so props props for that. I thought this show did such a good job of. Pulling in fans from and maybe, you know, maybe I'm sure the MCU has always had a very diverse uh, fan base, but I feel like it really pulled in people who are not necessarily MCU fans on this one, um, or at least people who are not like longstanding MCU fans who right. came in to watch mm-hmm. this show 
um, because it was on Disney Plus and it was being pushed so hard because it looked interesting that they were doing this this TV genre um, sort of send up. And I, 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 I'm sure to some extent it was like, oh, and that's about superheroes. Cool. But like, I don't feel like the superhero aspect is what pulled a lot of new viewers into this one. And and that includes my wife, who's she's seen one Marvel movie. She saw Iron Man 2, you know, when it came out. The uh, best one. The, the best, best one, as we've absolutely just discussed. Yeah. She can attest it's <laughs> the best one. Um, she saw it, like, by accident. Probably, I think she was, like, on a date or something. And she was like, yeah, sure, I guess I'll watch it. Uh, sure. um, when she was, like, in college. I so say not a date with you. Not with me. This is we pretty, have, we predates should me. clarify. Predates me, yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, but she absolutely was hooked from episode one. She saw the promo during The Bachelor um, and, and, was, and texted me and was like, are you going to watch this WandaVision thing? This looks interesting. And I was like, you're interested in that? Really? Okay, yeah. I mean, yes, I was going to watch it either way, but absolutely let's watch it together. And she was hooked from episode one, like was in the memes, was in was in WandaVision TikTok, was like she was deep. She has been deep in WandaVision fandom and subreddit, all of it, and has been just loving it. And, you know, every every week for the last several weeks, it's been like, oh, it's almost Friday. You know what that means? WandaVision. Um, it, that's been like the mantra in our household. So I, I have been, it's been a very interesting experience for me coming in at, as as a comics fan, as a Marvel fan, and then her coming at it from a completely different point of view and me trying to figure out what is the sort of minimum I need to give her for her to understand what's happening. And I've, mm-hmm. I was very intentional to give her as little as possible. You gave me some, you watched the episode a few hours before I did. And so I, I the, the, the pilot, I mean, and, um, you gave me the advice, like, give her, like, as little as you can. Like, just say, like, Wanda is this person. Vision is a robot. They're in love. They have powers. And that That's it. Yep. That, that's, it, that's it. WandaVision did a great job at giving you details, like, as a surprise if you didn't know them, but but not making you feel like you're missing something. Uh, the, the only exception, I think, might be the blip. Right would probably be the one that like yep. needed would needed to be explained a, l- a, a little bit and, and um, Pietro I would, I would argue too yeah but pa- Pietro even they give you a couple of episodes of oh well she had a brother and he died and she had a brother and you know what I mean like they do that a couple of times they don't give you the whole context for it especially like her like walk or like uh, her um, Christmas Carol episode where yes. she kind of like goes through her she kind of goes through her past with Agatha. Uh, who was there all along, by the way? By the um, way. But um, uh, you know, like it, like you don't get the significance of like the Stark bomb dropping and the not exploding. Yes, if you don't remember that, that's a thing from Age of Ultron, right? right. Um, so there's stuff for everybody, but it it does a good job at like I'm thinking of like the first time you see Vision dead and yes. like. And you're like, woo! Like if you don't, if you've never said, I mean, you speak to this for for your your wife's experience in watching it, but you see that, and you're like, well, I know why he looks like that, but right. now it's a big old mystery, like, right? What's it's happening. like, why is there a hole in his head? Um, but right? but like, it's not like you feel like I'm missing something. It's more like I want to know the I want to solve the mystery, not yes. shoot. I'm missing a piece of information yes. that I that I needed before. You're absolutely right. They did that so well with this show. Where there were plenty of things that um, if you are a fan, you pick up on them. But if you're not a fan, you don't feel left out. 
You don't have FOMO about it. In the case of, like, why is there a hole in Vision's head? Uh, you feel like it's a mystery that they're planting a seed and you're going to get an answer to it later. So you don't feel like, what is this fan service that I don't get? You feel like, ooh, what's that about? I can't wait till they reveal that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the one, I would say, the only, the only couple, yeah, I think the blip is one, and I think not so much Pietro existing, because you're right, they explained that, but the fact that it was a different actor, you weren't going to get the same, like, when he showed up, you weren't going to understand, like, you had to know not just what happened in the MCU. You had to understand, well, there was a Fox owned the X-Men and and Disney didn't have, the, you know, like, you had you to know, understand yes, that it, to sort of, but, but it didn't yes take away no. from it if you didn't know that. That's true. I Yes and no on the, the Fox and the X-Men thing. So I think you had to know what um, Quicksilver or, or Pietro looked like in... Age of Ultron, right? For it yep. to have a significance that he's a different actor. Yes. Right? You know, because, you know, Darcy even says, like, oh, she recast Pietro, right? So she's, so she, as the audience, is telling you, like, all right, like, this is not That's her not brother. This is not Pietro. Because they do not dive into Evan Peters also being the same character in the X-Men franchise, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's actually necessary information for us. It adds, it's an, it's basically, it's an Easter egg and also kind of a, like a, like a middle finger Mandarin twist kind of thing. <laughs> kind like, of, yeah. We're going to get this thing, you know, you love and give you a not as good version of it at the end. Right. <laughs> that was a bit of a, a bit of a Mandarin twist at the end, but from, Disney's perspective or even just Marvel's perspective like I can completely get behind their decision to not want to like link themselves one to the X-Men so soon but two to a different company's version of the X-Men that has middling success at best at that point by the time that Evan Peters joins as that character right Um, right so there's like a lot of explaining to do and so it's really more of like I felt this was more like of a uh, like a Arrowverse thing where they're like, "Hey, Helen Slater was Supergirl. Now she's Supergirl's mom." Okay, you know, it okay. feels more. It felt more like that to me by the end. Yeah, we as fans, as comic fans, are like, "Oh, but that's Evan Peters, and he was in the X Men, and it is the same character." Sure. And this, and then, and then, and then we get the, and then we get the chart, and then we get the blah, blah, the things, and we got to put it all together. And I'm like, we do that to ourselves. The show doesn't even come close to intonating that that's what it's going to do apart from having him show up. Sure. And and I don't I don't know if that's a fault of the show or if that's a fault of, uh, of us. That's fair. That's fair. Um I I will say um you talk about like mystery, right? Like you talk about like the the whole envision's head and like oh what's the mystery? They laid out the mystery around Agatha really nicely where where it was clear that there was something different about her, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. You know, there was that moment where um, she and the the other neighbor, like he was he was uh, had his uh, chainsaw out and he was cutting the the wall, and you're like, what's 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 going? Vision was even like, what's what's happening? What's going on? And and Agnes was clearly like, nothing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything's fine here. Just go. Just go back. Go back mm-hmm. to your house. It's fine. Um, they made it clear with things like that that there was something off about her, but they they also play it up like she like Agnes plays it up in a way that makes you think that she, 
like they know what's happening. Yes. And like it's Wanda's fault. The show does a really good job at oscillating between it's Wanda's fault. Maybe it's Agatha's fault. Maybe it's no one's fault. Maybe it's grief's fault. You know, right. Maybe it's Hayward's right. fault. You know, like it kind of it does this nice thing where like maybe it it's Wanda's the ship of Theseus's fault. It is the ship of Theseus's fault. I think that was my favorite scene. One, like top five vision on vision philosophy battle like that was vision v vision philosophy that was pretty that was pretty great that was yeah, pretty well it done it was a good use of the ship of theseus one because it's a great philosophical debate um but the show the show kind of dives into a few philosophical things right you know like it's the wandavision is very much allegory of the cave right you know you, you have but but it's wanda creating her own cave instead of um instead of uh being in um instead of being in um i can't think of the right word ignorance like she oh, she sure. like willfully creates her own because she forgets and then has to remember right you know like she she goes through it all over again you yes. know she doesn't even know what's happening by the time when the show starts when it flips back to the dick van dyke show at the you know like where we start and she has to reemerge out of her own cave which is basically the which is the giant dome and you know it's it's really smart it's a it's a good like philosophy 101 let's pull this apart for a couple yes. of different reasons kind of thing yes it's so well done um it, it, the fact that she that she didn't know what was going on at the beginning really threw me for a loop because at the very start i was like oh i guess tim's not right if she's not aware of what's happening like it didn't even really occur to me that like maybe she created such a, a strong false reality that even she forgot the truth for 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 part of it you know mm -hmm. like so that was such a good way to throw us off the scent at the beginning you know actually it's with the what i what i thought was interesting with the the movement of the sitcoms from you know from dick van dyke to bewitched to random 70s show to you know like you know kind of it was very specific at the beginning like it was clearly the dick van dyke show the house was modeled like the house was built the same way bewitched was built the same way um and can i tell you can I tell you a yes. fun tidbit about Bewitched? They yes. shot they shot those those first couple episodes. The residential area where their house is is on the same area of the Warner Brothers backlot that Bewitched and a bunch of other shows were actually That's shot. Awesome. So That's some awesome. of the houses you see on that block, I don't think the house they live in, but some of the other houses you see in that block have been there since like the thirties and they've been in tons of TV and movies that have been shot on that backlot. The I downtown that. uh the downtown area was shot on the on a, a Disney lot. But yep. th but that part was shot on on the Warner Brothers lot, and uh, I thought that was so cool. That was such a cool piece of trivia. Anyway, sorry, I had to. That's I, good. Sorry no, to interrupt, but, but I had to interject with that. No, that's a great interjection, and like that's part of the big love letter of that's part of the big love letter to sitcoms and everything like that. But I like the progression of the sitcoms. It's very it's very meta. It's a, it's a very aware of what it's doing because um, the there's an ignorance to early sitcoms like, oh, we're in this wild and wacky situation and we're going to get out of it in 22 minutes. Um, and then we're, and then, and, and through each progressive season, we start to self-reference or, you know, ourselves, it's a more of a, of a direct reflection of what the world is like, um, as opposed to, um, as opposed to the kind of, uh, fairy tale hijinks of the 50s and 60s sure um and um and so 
by the time that we get to the end of the show, we're not even in sitcom land anymore, right? And it's also less evident what the sitcom is supposed to be referencing. Like, if you notice, like, it's very hardcore Dick Van Dyke. By the time you get to the modern day with its modern family and the office, it's like a mix of all of these yeah. different things. But it's never quite any of those um, because we start – I mean, it might be also a – it may also be kind of a testament to modern television or sitcoms, and it's all just kind of the same, yeah. isn't it? Hey, to, to a point, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. It, it it almost feels like at the beginning they were like, we're going to do the Dick Van Dyke episode, and then we're going to do the Bewitched episode, and then we're going to do the, like... Uh, by the time you got to, like, the 70s, they were like, oh, shoot, we're running out of... Okay, let's do let's throw a couple of things in here. You know, let's do a, it's a little bit Brady Bunch, it's a little bit this, a little bit that... You know, right. but it's also a time that we have more information. That's right. right? So the that's so right. the sitcom so the sitcom world is unraveling. So it's not as coherent because you've got a mixture of all these different right. types of of sitcoms. So it's like it's really really smart. I have I I loved the first two episodes, the Dick Van Dyke and Bewitch, because I grew up watching those shows. Like people are like, "Did you watch Hey Arnold growing?" I'm like, "No, I watch the Dick Van Dyke show every night, and I Love Lucy and Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie and Green Acres and the Munsters and like all this stuff." So Heck yes, when people were like talking about Agatha all along, and they're like, "I've never heard of the Munsters before." I'm like dying inside. Like what? So I'm like, where were you? Where were Where were you? What's wrong? I mean, with I you? wasn't alive, and I know about the Munsters. Right. I watched them around Halloween. They're still hilarious. Yes. They're so good. They're still so good. Um, but I loved those episodes and I because I love old television and I wonder and I know that if you didn't know Dick Van Dyke show or Bewitched, you didn't get what they were doing the same way that I found that people got what they were doing by episode three. Yeah. Um you know, everyone's like, it's a slow start. Is it a slow start because there are no explosions, or is it a slow start because you've never seen the Dick Van Dyke show? Honestly, yes. Wow, that is such a good, like, the, like sorry to be harsh, but, like, that's so true. Like, is it is it maybe, is it feel slow because you're just not used to, like, the pace of this kind of media? Like, are you just not familiar with this kind of storytelling, and that's why it feels slow? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's part of it. And so there's a bit of a, I, and also, I mean, this is, it's really a, it's very postmodern. It's so self reflecting on itself and it's, you know, it, and it's probably in some ways, it's the very first of its kind that I'm sure many people actually got to experience, which is why I think it's taken people That's so true. much because like for us, we're watching this and going, wow, Marvel did something really interesting that I've, I've seen a bit before in other places but I've never seen it done with superheroes. And so, like, I, you know, I love that it's it's going in this direction. But for some people, like, the, for for it to be a show and in the middle of a battle for them to stop and be like, so, the ship of Theseus, let's talk about yes. it. Yes, yeah. That's a, that's kind of a big deal. And and I love that it's, it's, the, it's indirectly exposing people to maybe smarter television than just things go boom. Yeah. Because I actually thought the end, like, could have done without the battle. Like, it felt like the mind games that Agatha were, was playing didn't actually merit the the necessity of the fight at the end. The vision felt okay. The vision stuff felt okay. But the Agatha stuff felt like, I don't feel like I actually needed to see that fight. the The battle of the minds was way more interesting than, um, than I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot some magic at you. Though I did love Wanda using um, runes for the first time. I got you know that as was a comic cool. fan. It was very cool. 
but I thought it it felt like a tonal shift from what I was watching the whole for for nine episodes. I agree with you on that. I agree. I, I could have done without some of that. Um, I could have done with maybe a little bit less of it, a little bit more of a condensed version of some of that. Um, of the uh, yeah, uh, the witch fights. Uh, but but I'm also not one for like witchcraft uh, as a as a storytelling device. Like it's not really my my thing. No, you, you know, as no, much as, you, you like, prefer I've, the I've, rocket launchers on Iron Man's armor to well, Doctor Strange's, you know. Uh, Ember sword, you know, or whatever. Uh, now, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, I, uh, I can get down with some of it, um, some of it, but it's the, it's the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like the, the whole like ancient witchcraft stuff of like, you know, I've talked a lot about how much I love Smallville on this show, but the season that I that I dislike the most probably is the one with all the witches. Well, that's because uh, it was poorly written. That has nothing to do with magic whatsoever. That is just uh, bad. No, but that was just bad writing. It, it was bad writing. It was bad writing. And thank you for saying that because I feel like a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? This is great. It's not great. Um, but uh, it's just – but it's it's not just that the writing was bad. It's that I wasn't captivated by the – like that that kind of a story doesn't really catch my attention in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you uh, know, like Harry Potter got my attention just enough uh, because the characters were, were cool and compelling and interesting and, and relatable um, as – but but if it weren't for that, if it was just like a story about a little wizard boy and and it didn't or it didn't uh, have the rest going for it, I probably wouldn't have gone for it. Sure. I think you could make that a case about almost anything, though, right? Because, you know, like we only care about superheroes because they're, we find them interesting characters. Yeah. You yes. Know? And like my, so, my brain doesn't necessarily turn off when they like start fighting. But I'm like, but to me, that is probably the least interesting part about superheroes to yes. me. Um, you know, as an adult, like I like, okay, cool. You're fighting. That's fine. Like that's part of it. And I enjoy it for what it is, but it's not intellectually stimulating or challenging. No, not at all. Yeah, I I, I agree. So let me, I I went a little bit off my point there by going off on how much like, ah, wizardry stuff doesn't really catch my attention. But, um, what I, what I do want to say is I, I thought it was really cool the way that they, they told this story that was very. It, it had a female lead. Um, Wanda is female showrunner. Female showrunner, female lead, and it shows because, like, the fact that that you know Agatha, the sort of the big bad, um, it was also a woman. Like, and and the way that they um, told those stories from a female perspective, the way that my, my wife was saying this, that you know Wanda is is a mother, and it's not super often that we have a woman who is the protagonist who is a mother and and looking at parenthood from her perspective rather than from like either a joint perspective or in worst case just the husband's perspective just the father's perspective mm-hmm. um it's not super often that you have a show like that where the mother is the is the main character and like motherhood is shown the way it, it was and um and that she had as much agency as she did um, with all of those factors, being a mother, being a, all, all uh, having a character who is all of those things and has as much agency as she does, where she is pulling the strings behind the whole thing, um, that doesn't happen very often, and that's actually one of the things that captivated Marissa's imagination as much as it did, um, and made her such a like a fan to the point where she was looking at the subreddit, looking at at WandaVision TikTok, looking at the memes uh, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, um, was because she felt 
that she could relate to it in a way that she couldn't relate to lots of other things. And that comes back to what you and I have talked about many, many times, which is if the stories are good, it doesn't matter if they wear capes or not. Like, I don't care if they wear capes or not. I like that they're, I like that they're superheroes. I like that they have powers. I like that they have co- whatever. I like those things. Those are things that I'm drawn to. But if the story is compelling and relatable and um, of the times, it's going to transcend even it's going to transcend the genre. Even if someone like my wife who doesn't really care about superheroes and powers and costumes and stuff, she sort of looked past that stuff to enjoy the show because the characters and the story and the mystery around it were so compelling. I actually have a question concerning that because the final episode, apart from a few of its choir moments and everything like that, was very much like superhero fair. It was. Agatha and Scarlet Witch are battling in the sky. She gets a cool new costume, which finally, because she really needed it. She good, really needed it. Uh, she needed the upgrade. And she's got the crown, and it's awesome. It looks so good. I'm so excited. Like, did she care about that last episode the way that she cared about the first eight? She cried. Wow. She okay, cried see, that's... because she got so invested in Wanda and Vision and and mm-hmm. their like love story that she was uh, oh and she's walking in the room right now uh, but she cried at the at the finale episode because she me out. sorry uh, so people are gonna hear that this thing and um, <laughs> she she cried at the finale episode because it was so compelling it doesn't matter any any by the time we gotten that many episodes in none of the the costumes and the powers and the crown and all that stuff none of it really mattered because these were just characters these were just people essentially they were right you know they were just like our friends who would follow it on this journey and she had empathy for for wanda for you know for the horrible things that she was doing but for the reasons that she did them for you know many of us can put ourselves in that position if like wow if it was for someone that i really loved like could i would i do something like questionable for somebody that i love like yeah maybe maybe i would in some scenarios like you can it's sort of a moral gray area moral quandary that you ask yourself maybe you wouldn't actually do what wanda did but you can relate like oh maybe i would do something that i wouldn't have otherwise done for love you know right to go back to the philosophy thing it's a little bit like of the train track thing you know like all right so like yeah like there's the the trolley problem the trolley yeah the trolley problem it's a bit like like, what's the greater good here is it for me is it for them it's for this that's basically what wanda's that's basically what Wanda's doing this whole time. Yeah. And that is, and that's what's so, um, that was so compelling about the, the show. Um, just as a comic fan, you know, I talked about the, um, talked about the Wanda's costume, which is excellent. I thought Agatha, Agatha's end costume was a great blend of her, like, uh, of her, um, late, um, late 19th century, like brooch outfit slash like um which was robes which was very cool um white vision i got so excited because that's what the vision i grew up with as a kid i remember like the avengers scroll game where you could play captain america or iron man or hawkeye or vision and it was white vision that was my first introduction to the character it was so fun to see that and finally the mcu connection that i think is the same um, I haven't seen any, this any online or anything, so maybe somebody can tell me. The cabin that Wanda's in at the very end, um, that's the one that Bruce Banner goes to at the end of Incredible Hulk. Like oh, where where he where he wait. learns to like connect himself with the Hulk and be one person. Edward Norton. The Edward Norton. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. But wait, okay. I had read that, that was supposed to be Sokovia. 
Did he go to Sokovia at the end of Incredible Hulk? I it doesn't. I think it goes to he goes to Canada, but it doesn't say where that. It doesn't say is. where. It doesn't say where. I guess that was speculation. It could very well they use the same thing, and we're supposed to think it's two different ones. I could be wrong. It. I think it's the same one. The scenery looks very familiar to me, and so I, I read that as more like, oh, Avengers. It's like an Avengers hideaway cabin, right? It's like, right. You know, like it's one that Bruce had, and he's like, once he joined the Avengers, he's like. By the way, I have this cabin in the middle of nowhere. If anybody needs to use it as an escape, like we have a we have a retreat house now. Um, that was kind of just my little read on it. No, that's and, a cool. Uh, I hadn't. I did not even think yeah. of it that way. That's that's an interesting thought that I did not entertain. I I had read uh, in some screen rant or somewhere someone saying like, oh, so she retreated to Sokovia, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's where that was. And I just took that for granted after I read that. But now I'm like, oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty really sure it's the interesting. Same place. That's yeah, really cool. I, yeah. Um, and I love that, you know, we hear the cries of her kids while she's in her astral form, right? And so she's advanced so far in, you know, from the end of, you know, from the between the credits of each thing, you know, and um and you hear the cries of her kids. So Doctor Strange too, hop through the multiverse. Here mm-hmm, we come. Mm-hmm. Going to going to find some kids. And uh I love that. This was a really good like multi-episode setup for multiverse of madness <laughs> yeah absolutely great great tease great it was enough to be like yes i mean and i'm so glad i know that's kind of what like we know that her story is getting picked up in doctor strange too they've never they feige and marvel have like always said like this is where she's gonna be she's a major player after this blah 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 so i'm excited to i'm excited to I'm excited to get down, yeah. get yeah, down too. with the me Doctor too. Strange two and more Wanda. Vision's still out there, which makes me so excited. Paul Bettany did uh, an interview, and he was like, "I love Vision. Like, yes, please, more. Like, I'll definitely do more. Yeah, and I'll so, definitely come back just, and die again. Yeah, he's like, actually, he was like, please don't kill me again. But I would fourth definitely times come the back. charm. That's do right. Um, but you know, potentially Vision being out there in the world with Vision, Vision two point with Vision's memories, but not his empathy, that can potentially be quite dangerous. Um, you know, he has all the ideas and the memories of love and the this, and the, but he also has memories of destruction and hate and violence and death. So it could it could get dicey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's, 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 they have set up some really cool, really cool stuff, including... In the post-credits scenes of the finale, I had to explain to my wife what scrolls were. That was cool, right? <laughs> right, it was cool. That's right. I yeah, we haven't even talked about Monica actually. No, um, Monica. No, um, the, the, I thought Monica was. She grabbed my attention right from the start. Yeah, and I and I loved that. She becomes in the comics. She becomes. Photon, I think her name is. She's like she's the Captain Marvel. She's another Captain Marvel at, at one point, you know, and um, and so and I know she, her storyline is getting picked up in Captain Marvel too. So um, you know, and then I would assume Secret Invasion at some point, right? Because we know that's coming, and yep. scrolls are here. So that was fun, and um, I I like that the amount of empathy that she had for Wanda when nobody else did. I yes. thought that was important. She understood what grief, what grief is and what that means. And, and her grief is doubled. It's what so many people have to go through. Like her, she's like watching her mom die in struggle. She disappears, come back to only find she missed out on her mom's death and everything, you know, like for some, like that, 
that's tragic. It's truly, yeah. truly mm-hmm. tragic. It, it is. She is the only person in this show who really, I think, can wrap her mind around Wanda's grief. And, and it is like it, grief as a theme in this show. Grief and the lengths that it will make you go or can make you go. And Wanda and Monica are like the two different extremes of that where mm-hmm. Wanda goes into complete denial, complete like I'm going to construct an entire world where this this horrible thing never happened to the point where in episode two, is it at the end when she sees the beekeeper, uh, she goes no and rewinds things, right? Like she is. That's right. Even when she doesn't yet know exactly what's going on, she's so determined to not let uh, uh, sadness, grief befall her that she prevents anything from, from letting that happen. Where Monica takes the completely opposite, completely opposite uh, way, the completely opposite path, and um, has has empathy for for Wanda. Has she she processes the sadness of losing her mother, and um, and tries to do something good with that energy instead of retreating into like denial. That's right. You basically see both of them go through the five stages of grief, or uh, you know, without. Yes. And, but in, in but in different ways, and, and but their resolves even end differently. Whereas you know, like there's the denial, and Monica's like, "Nope, I'm good. I'm gonna go right back to work. I'm good." You know, and and Wanda's the, "Nope, I'm not good, and I'm gonna pretend like none of it's happening." And so, like, and it it does spiral for both of them and what's important about this those stages of grief is that they don't go have to go in the order that people like that they're presented right so like wanda starts with sadness and goes to anger and then goes to denial and stuff and then and monica goes down a different path and you see them play out those forces but at the end they both come to a place of acceptance through each other but like almost indirectly and i also like that you know there's like community in their grief um, which is also which is also an important theme here. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. W- one that Wanda doesn't necessarily get because by the end she's run away from her problems. That's right. Um, so and she's and now but, she's trying to bring back. Now she's trying to bring back to life her sons who never really existed. So it's or, sort of this weird. Or they hole. did it. Okay, so well, here's the sons before we before we wrap up because we're getting a little long. I, the sons are real in the way that Vision is real. She creates them, not they're not okay. actors, right? Because they disappear, right? right? They, you know, like everybody else in the town just goes, "Oh, I'm I'm back." Like I'm traumatized forever, but I'm back. The kids disappear. They don't like Vision disappears. Yes. Um. So they weren't, which means that actors like the rest of them were. That's correct. Right. They were. They're fit. They are manifestations that that Wanda creates. But right. they. But just as Vision is created out of something. So are those kids? Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. I so, follow. like, his vision's the the part, the mind stone that lives in Wanda, and so I love that connection too. That was yes. a great, like reason for them to even connect in some particular way. That was very good. Um, but uh, so I think so. Those kids at the end, she's not really trying to bring them back. I think they exist somewhere, and that's news to her. And she's got to go find out where they are. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's beautifully constructed. Honestly, we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, we, we could talk more about it. There are not plans for a season two, right? Because this is going to go. No, into, it's just this yeah. one. Yeah, it's just so this. It, it, it's, a, it's a shame, uh, only in the sense that this was such a cool cultural moment. Uh, and I don't know if we'll see something quite like this. I don't think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to have the same cultural resonance. I don't think so either. I think um, we're going to go back to a going back to a more traditional Marvel 
Marvel formula, which is good, which is not a bad thing. It's just not going to attract the amount of people that this did. You've got your Marvel fans, your TV fans, your Disney fans, your postmodern fans. Like you, you know, you've 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 got a range here, and Falcon Winter Soldier is just not going to hit all those marks. Nor should we try to compare them. They're utterly different from the outset. And it's not fair to either show to be like, oh, well, obviously it's the next one, so we should compare them. That's right. Showrunners, different characters, different different plots. Like, yes, they're Marvel, but you don't compare Iron. You shouldn't compare Iron Man two to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. No, they're two different subgenres within the superhero genre. That's that's not right. It's not fair. That's I could not have said it better. Could not have said it better myself. That's yeah, very well put. You we we shouldn't and, and 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 we can't try to compare them. They're going to be too vastly different to do that. But but all I meant in bringing that up, just to sort of bring us bring us home here, is just that um, I don't think this will have the same mass appeal. I don't think uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will have the same mass appeal. And I don't know if we'll. See, I wonder if we'll see something that has the same mass appeal. This uh, show, I almost said film. This show has had over the last couple of months. Um, I I hope that that we will. And and I think that if we do, it probably will be something we see from. From Disney Plus, frankly, um, you know, the Mandalorian kind of has a, has a similar mass appeal, broader appeal. Um, mm-hmm. So in a sense, this is the second time they've done it. But um, I, I hope we continue to see shows like this that cut across and you don't have to be a fan of the genre or of the franchise to appreciate and understand them. I love this opening widening of the tent where it's like, yeah, there's cool stuff happening here. Come on in and like check it out. Um, and maybe some people will will find themselves pulled into like okay what is a scroll and what 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 happened and what's the blip what happened in in Endgame and, and Infinity War like maybe some people will get pulled in and become fans of the lore uh, and maybe some people won't and that's fine but um I I'm, I find it really really exciting it's an exciting time to be like into this stuff and to get to mm-hmm. share it with people who wouldn't otherwise be yep yeah I I completely agree with you and I think that's a great place to end so why don't you tell us where the people can find us you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. That's our home on the internet. That is where all things happen. That's where you're going to find uh, all of our episodes. You're going to find all of our show notes, the show notes for this episode. Uh, I try to capture as much as, as, as we're talking, uh, as many of the references we're making and stuff. I try to capture that stuff in the show notes so you can sort of figure out what the heck we're saying. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if you want to donate at Thought Bubble, Audio, uh, Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon, patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio, we have a donate link right there. On BeerWithGeeks.com, uh, you can find the Thought Bubble Audio Network at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. That's all of our shows, um, I- including uh, Academy Rewind and The Gospel According to Lucas, where Tim and I talk about uh, Star Wars uh, and, and Christianity. Um, it's a um, it, it, We have a lot of different shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, so check that out. And uh, if you like this, if you like this conversation, chances are you're going to find other conversations that you like uh, on our other shows. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcast, you will find Beer with Geeks. And you can email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com for topic suggestions or feedback or corrections on something wrong that I said. Or you can tweet us at beerwithgeeks for the same reasons. Uh, Tim, I think that I think that's gonna bring us. I think that's gonna bring us home. Frank, uh, always a pleasure. And until next time, cheers. cheers.